ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Lamar Jackson gave light to the situation in regards to his ongoing negotiations with the Ravens. It's flashy and it's a headline, but the truth of the matter is when the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tender on him, he had permission to go seek a trade. I wouldn't step foot in Baltimore until Dylan's done our move. I think he should have more questions about the damn Baltimore Ravens than the Ravens have about Lamar Jackson. What this really is, is this is Lamar making a public stand about his desire to leave Baltimore. So Lamar Jackson is telling his side of the story, the perspective we've all been waiting for today, saying on Twitter, I want to first thank you all for all the support and the love you consistently show toward me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. Okay, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that's met me or been around me know I love the game of football, and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Okay, so head coach John Harbaugh was addressing the media right as this tweet came out. Take a listen to his response. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here, and uh, looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and, uh, and I'm just looking forward to getting back to football, and I'm confident that's going to happen. Do you anticipate him being your quarterback in week one? Uh, I do. You know, you gotta, you gotta plan for all the contingencies for sure. But uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up about Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great player. So you're following him on Twitter and seeing all the posts. And stuff. <laughs> no, I don't live in that world, Jerry. You know, I'm not, I'm not a real Twitter guy. You want it done already, but, uh, but it's just not always possible. I mean, this is a real world. This is, this is big time, pro sports at the highest level, and contracts are important and they matter. Uh, to both sides. The thing that I love about the situation, I believe, is that uh, in the end, you got good people, you know, working together. I mean, we've been we've been with Lamar, you know, I've been with Lamar as a coach, and and, and players and coaches, and and all of us in the organization have been together for what five years now. You know, we've been through some crazy things, some some amazing moments, some tough moments, challenges, ups and downs together. You know, we've hugged in the locker room after after wins. We've hugged in the locker room after losses. You know, those are things that last forever. Those relationships never change. So this is part of it. You know, this is it's part of the story that's being written, and everybody's writing the story. But I just appreciate that it's been handled with class. Lamar's handled it with class. Lamar's under contract, and that's the guy I'm. Of course, I'm. That's the guy I want to see be our quarterback. You know, that's uh, that's my guy. Just a bizarre situation there for Harbaugh, certainly. And glad you're with us here on NFL Live. You'll hear from Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, and Marcus Spears on who should go get Lamar in moments. Plus, 
Lamar's whole side of all of this from their perspective. But first, let's get to Adam Schefter, who's right in the middle of all of it at the NFL owners meetings. Adam, Lamar Jackson says he requested a trade on March 2nd. What do you make of this? Well, here's the situation. I think he's trying to shake up the dynamics of a situation that have been very quiet so far. There doesn't seem to be a team that has been willing to sign him to an offer sheet so far during free agency. There doesn't seem to be a team that's calling the Baltimore Ravens to try to trade for Lamar Jackson. There could always be something going on behind closed doors, but it doesn't appear to be the case. So today, Lamar Jackson threw a grenade into all that quiet talk and quiet water. And basically, just as John Harbaugh was about to talk to reporters, he announced publicly and personally that he would like to be traded. He'd like to leave Baltimore and move on because Baltimore does not see his value. Now, the two sides have spoken. They have talked about contracts, but obviously Lamar is not happy with the way contract talks have gone. He's looking to be dealt elsewhere. But the truth of the matter is when the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on him earlier this month, that gave him the ability to go out and sign an offer sheet with a team that was willing to trade two first-round draft choices for the Baltimore Ravens. By today's announcement, maybe that shakes up the situation and makes it such that there is a team that is willing to step forward and talk to Baltimore about making a trade and talk to Lamar about a deal, but it has been very quiet up until Lamar launched that tweet series earlier this morning, right when John Harbaugh was about to talk. Well, keep an eye on what that market looks like. Adam, hang tight. A lot more from you coming throughout this hour. Now, to completely understand the rarity of this situation, it's worth noting that no quarterback in NFL history has won a league MVP and played for multiple teams before their 30th birthday. Lamar Jackson just turned 26 in January. So, Dan, let's start here. Does Lamar taking this public change the current situation at all in your mind? Oh, absolutely. I'll be honest. Hearing Coach Harbaugh talk, he said something. Relationships never change. And the more I've thought about this moment, the more I think I'd be ticked off if I were him. Mm. Lamar, really? You dropped the tweet at the very moment that you know I'm going to be sitting down doing my press conference? And that relationship has – I would feel strained because of the way that it's been operated today. I think also, like, the question that comes out now is – For a while, this has been money-based, or at least the reports are that it's been money-based. This now feels like this is a feelings thing or a respect or value thing. And it went from, well, Lamar's available to potentially be traded for, to now I don't want to be a part of the Ravens organization. In his words, he wants to be traded. I think that that moment could have very damning effects on his potential being a Raven in the future. Yeah, the the reality is, uh, I I think about when I heard this and what you just said, I think about what Mike Tomlin said a couple of years ago, I want willing participants. Yeah. And that's what this says to everybody, that Lamar is no longer a willing participant Mm. for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we understand business and things could change, but but this was huge, right? And, And putting a tender on Lamar and him looking for trades and Lamar saying, I want to leave Baltimore is completely different to me. Right. You, you think about the chasm in which we were talking about this from a business standpoint with the tender and the French. I mean, the franchise tag and what it would take to get him. Now you have a player saying, I no longer want to be here. The last three quarterbacks, y'all, that requested trades and that thing got ugly. They playing for new teams and one we assume will be playing for a new team 
here pretty soon than Aaron Rodgers. But you had Russell Wilson do it. You had Deshaun Watson do it in Houston. So I'm, I'm not sure if this is just to be taken as another step in the business or the saga of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens contract. This is now a dispute with two sides that have differing opinions about the value but also have differing opinions about one wanting them to be there, i.e. saying the right things. And Lamar just put it out there that I requested a trade, Mm -hmm. meaning I don't want to be here and no longer want to be a Baltimore Raven. You know, it was interesting seeing his statement there and kind of rereading it. He says, all right, let me talk to you, the fans. Let me answer some questions because I actually have, I think, more questions now than maybe I did before. We knew that these two sides were apart on money, and we don't know if there's any way they can bridge that gap. Um, But there are, I think, two things that we still don't know that we really need to find out from Lamar, to be honest, that are going to go a long way towards deciding how this plays out. Number one is this. If Lamar Jackson were to go to another team, would he want the exact same contract he wants from the Ravens? We don't actually know what that is. We know it's a lot more guarantees than what they offered, probably closer to what Deshaun Watson uh, was given by Cleveland. Because I I believe that's the holdup with a lot of these teams. It's not the draft pick so much as it is that guaranteed or close to guaranteed contract. So what I want to know is, is Lamar's demand contractually the same regardless of where he goes? And then the second thing, and I think this is really important, is if no other team makes an offer and Lamar Jackson, you know, that it's he's tagged, I don't know if he's sign it, is he going to sign it and is he going to play? Because yep. what he said today about demanding a trade, that's the first step towards the nuclear option, which is saying, all right, Not you got playing. this leverage yeah. over me, the tag, I'm going to hold out yeah. and I won't take money in the process. Yep. If he's willing to do that, that completely changes the leverage, the dynamics here, but we don't know if he's willing to go that far. It certainly feels like it's trending the direction of a holdout potentially as we bring Adam back in here. And Adam, this has been about guaranteeing money for Lamar, correct? Well, my understanding, Laura, is in speaking to somebody in the Lamar Jackson camp, they said that he would be willing to take a non-fully guaranteed deal from somebody, whether that's Baltimore or anybody else. But I think the discussions with Baltimore have focused around a fully guaranteed deal. But I was told that Lamar is willing to take a non-fully guaranteed deal. Now, we'll see if that holds true. The other part is, who would be the interested bidders that are out there? A lot of teams have already spent their money, made moves at the quarterback position, and obviously, if you're going to an elite quarterback like Lamar, you have to redo your offense still because it's a different type of offense that you run with Lamar. And Mina raised that other point. I think that really becomes interesting. With, In light of how soft the market has been so far, if he cannot get another team, then you have to begin to let your mind wander and say, okay, well, what is the next step here? Would he be willing to get done a long-term deal with Baltimore at that point in time? Doesn't sound like that from today. Would he be willing to sign his franchise tender which would obligate him to play this year? Or would he be willing to just skip signing it and not play at all this year? And these are questions that only Lamar can answer, but there's no trade, no trade that cannot happen. No trade can happen unless he signs the franchise tender. But he wouldn't sign the franchise tender unless he knew he had a contract from a team Hmm. and that that team had a deal in place with the Baltimore Ravens. Adam, just really quickly following up on what you said there about Lamar saying now or someone in his camp saying that 
he would be willing to take a non-fully guaranteed deal. That's a change, right? That's recently changed? That had been told to me. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't want to make this like it's a hard report. That had been okay. floated in conversations. Whether it's true or not, I'd want to hear from Lamar himself. If you were to tweet that, I believe it. I'm just saying somebody said to me, Lamar would be willing to take a non-guaranteed contract. We'll see if that holds up over time. Okay, great context. More from Shefty coming. What's your reaction to what Shefty just said there, Dan? I mean, if that's true, then that changes everything. Because then this is no longer about leaving Baltimore for money. Mm. And, and um, here's the reality. When you are a player that has played for an organization the way that Lamar has, and I said this last week, he's taken a 1,000 hits, and you go and say, I would like this. I feel like I've proven the worth of it, um, and the, it, it becomes more emotional. There is no turning back from that. There, it, when, when it comes to high-level competition and alpha male competitors, when you do something – and to an organization, and they disrespect you in a way that is greater than money, there is no turning back from that. A reminder, too, that Lamar is his own agent. And so as these negotiations are happening, if that disrespect happens or if there's something that hits you, it's far more emotional when it's happening to you instead of through your agent. We're just getting started. We're on this Lamar Jackson story all day long, plus a lot more. As we take a closer look at Lamar, a potential landing spot for him, we've got a few suggestions. One person here says he might not need to travel very far to find a new home. We'll throw some teams out. Also, why Jets head coach Robert Sala said today he's confident in Aaron Rodgers being a Jet. Also, Joe Douglas, the GM, just spoke, asked about Lamar Jackson. Find out who he's siding with, Lamar or Rodgers. It's all next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash tackle, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Time to read and react back here on NFL Live. Some news around the league. Let's start in Denver, where there has been reporting that Broncos wideouts Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton could be available via trade this offseason. Sean Payton addressed that idea today. I would say a number of teams have called on those players. Uh, but I, I said it yesterday, that it's not something we're interested in doing. I like the receiver depth. Look, we're not a team that's going to be, this is the X, this is the Z, and then this is our sub slot receiver. That's just not going to be us. And if, if you've ever followed what we did in New Orleans, that, that was never us. Kind of gets me excited about their offense. Dan, you like Denver holding on to these guys? Absolutely. I think Jerry Judy does one thing really well, separate. According to Next Gen Stats, he had the third most separation for wide receivers across all of the NFL. Not only that, but separation downfield. So this is attached to trying to get Russell Wilson to the play, play up to the level that we are accustomed to. They address their offensive line. They need a guy in this scheme or indoor system that can win with separation down the field. Jerry Judy is that guy in Denver. I love them keeping him. To New England next, where Bill Belichick was already in mid-season press conference form. Take a listen to this. What would you say to them to give them a reason to be optimistic for what's ahead? The last 25 years. <laughs> Marcus, how should Pats fans be feeling right now? They should feel terrible. And everything <laughs> we've heard, me and Dan and everybody growing up watch, listening to the NFL, this league is about what have you done for me lately. And if anybody understands that or have portrayed that more, it's Bill Belichick. Now, we're supposed to focus on the history. When you were the same guy that won a Super Bowl and said no days off, now we're supposed to start talking about the last 25 years of success. You better start putting a damn team together to try to have some success this year on the field. Ooh. Uh, elsewhere mm. in that division, okay. let's get to the Buffalo Bills, where Sean McDermott had an interesting quote on his quarterback, Josh Allen. He said, quote, I don't think that's a healthy way to play QB in this league, and it's undefeated that things are going to happen when you play that style and brand of football. Mina, obviously he's talking about Allen taking hits and putting himself in harm's way with his style of play. Yeah. Is McDermott right to have those concerns? Yeah, he absolutely is. I'm glad he said it. Josh Allen was contacted nearly 100 times last year. Half of those came on scrambles, second most of any quarterback other than Justin Fields taking hits that way. Uh, that cannot continue for his longevity. I think there's a couple things the Bills can do have done to address that. One is trying to improve their rushing attack so that Allen isn't the leading ball carrier in some games. They go out, they sign Damian Harris, hoping to get more out of that. But the other is the passing game needs to be more efficient down the stretch in meaningful games. Too often, they lean on the quarterback draw 
as a break in case of emergency option. It should always be a part of Josh Allen's game, but it shouldn't be the most important part. They need to realize that as a franchise. Mm. Up next on the show, back to the big news of the day. Now that we know Lamar requested a trade earlier this month, who should be looking to add him? Mina says a team who's been in QB hell should target Lamar for help. Plus, Adam Schefter rejoins on the other side of this break with more context on Lamar Jackson. We'll be right back on NFL Live. Get me on right now. Get me up right now. Get me on right now. Get me up right now. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. How about this? The NFL draft is only a month away. April 27th, 28th, and 29th. We'll have every pick once we'll again on ESPN. And, of course, NFL Live will be there in Kansas City, uh, along with the usual expert analysis. It's also available on NFL Network. And ABC's coverage focuses on the prospects' journey to the draft, the stories of their families. All three days, also live on ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. We'll see you there and, of course, in the lead-up here. Back to the top story of the day, where Lamar Jackson, in a series of tweets, said he requested a trade out of Baltimore on March 2nd. His head coach, John Harbaugh, was addressing the media at the owners' meeting as the tweet went out. Take a listen. That's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely just like everybody else is here and uh, looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea. And, uh, and I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. I'm confident that's going to happen. You got to plan for all the contingencies for sure, but uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up about Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great player. Lamar uh, came back in great shape last year. He's fired up to play. Uh, that's the Lamar that I'm looking for, looking forward to seeing. Can't wait to get back on the grass and go to work, and I'm confident that's going to happen. Okay, so Adam Schefter joins us from the NFL owners' meetings where the entire NFL is convening at the moment. Adam, what's the market for Lamar now after today's events? Well, Laura, there's no question that Lamar Jackson would be an upgrade for almost any team in the league, and there's no question that he is an elite quarterback, a former NFL MVP, But the questions that teams will ask themselves now are what is the cost of Lamar Jackson? And the cost would be a guaranteed contract or close to it for roughly $50 million a year while compensating the Baltimore Ravens with at least two first-round draft picks. So if you're a team like the Indianapolis Colts that clearly could use Lamar Jackson, here's what you're wondering if you are the owner, Jim Irsay, the general manager, Chris Ballard, or the head coach, Shane Steiking. You're saying to yourself, okay, here are our choices. We can go trade for Lamar Jackson, 
pay him, let's just call it four years, $200 million, and give the Baltimore Ravens, let's just say, two first-round draft picks. Or we can draft a quarterback, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, whoever they like, at number four in the draft, give up the first first-round draft pick this year, and pay that quarterback about $34 million over the next four years. So that rookie quarterback is essentially $165 million cheaper than Lamar Jackson. And yes, you don't know what you get, and you don't know if that quarterback will make it, but that extra money affords you the ability to go spend elsewhere on your roster. And so that is the type of question that teams are posing to themselves. It's not Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. Of course he's a great quarterback. It's the cost of Lamar Jackson. And some people say there's no cost too high for a great quarterback like Lamar Jackson, but we're waiting to see if there's a team out there willing to step forward and actually puts its money where its mouth is. Yeah, that illustrates the conundrum well, and the Colts certainly a team that we have our eye on, Shefty, back with you in just a little bit. How about this? So uh, when you think about what's happened here, this from Stephen Holder, this is from Coach Shane Steichen saying, we do our due diligence on every position, whether it's the draft or free agency, but I've got no update for you on that one when asked about Lamar Jackson. Also, Stephen Holder tweeted out this just moments ago, a revealing session with Colts GM Chris Ballard on Lamar. Ballard said, quote, anytime a special player is available, which he is, you've got to do the work. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at or what we're doing or what we might do. But what I'll tell you is he's really a good player, special player. He went on to talk about how special Lamar Jackson is. So that's an updated take, potentially, from the Colts. Mina. Jump, Judy. <laughs> you got to jump. Okay, Mina, let's start with you. Would you be picking up the phone if you're an indie? Yes. I'd be calling them. I'd be texting them. I'd be WhatsApping them. I'd hire one of those little planes that writes smoke messages and fly over the facility. I should absolutely be reaching out on Lamar Jackson for a litany of reasons. This is a team that has been in quarterback hell since Andrew Luck retired. A team that has been struggling. I'm going to jump in here really fast, Nina, because we're having mic issues, and I want to make sure that we hear what she has to say. Mm. We'll get back to Mina yes. in just a moment because the point is great. But, Dan, you go ahead until we can get Mina's mic. Well, in relation to the Colts, it's number one, if you're Indianapolis, what is your view on the third or fourth quarterback in this draft class? You, Because you, Bryce and CJ are likely one, too, right? So what's your view? And also, if you like the third guy, you have to jump, you have to go to three with Arizona. Right. So what does it cost you to get up to number three? It's not just taking a quarterback at four, because you might think the third guy's got a chance and the fourth guy doesn't. So you have to go and get up to three. So mm. what is that going to cost you? I think of Indy as well, you, these are real questions. One, are we all in running the style that we have seen Lamar run for the first five years of his NFL career that, that allowed him to be MVP of the NFL? Because the hits do matter, and they add up. Do we want to be that run-centric football team? Or do we go, we don't want to run that system, but we still believe Lamar is an MVP caliber player in a different system? that we've never seen in the NFL him run. Hmm. That, those are the questions that Indy has to ask before they get into that conversation. If I was Indy, I would have done it already. Hmm. Absolutely, I would have made the call already, but I'm not Indy. Chris Ballard's got to do something. Dio, listen, you just went through it, man. I'm going to bet on Lamar Jackson before I bet on any of these quarterbacks coming out of the, in the draft. Not one, two. Because sure, the yeah. knowns are the fact that 
the knowns are no, t- I, I get that to your point, but I'm just talking about the talent yep. of the player and what we know about Lamar Jackson and the other two. We think they're going to be very good. We think the, the four potentially have a chance to be good. But the key word is we think. Yeah. We know eight is good. Yep. We know he changes the dynamic of how you have to play against whatever team he's quarterbacking. The other part of this is Shane Steichen just saw a quote-unquote project mm-hmm. quarterback become a second guy in MVP voting in the NFL this year in that particular situation, speaking of Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. So I don't think he's afraid of what they potentially would have to do. And remember this as well, man. Mina mentioned the quarterback hell that they've been through. This team signed Phillip Rivers. They signed Carson Wentz. They played with Jacob Brissett during that time. You fix this if you're the Indianapolis Colts. They've shown a propensity to be able to build while paying guys uh, money and having an opportunity to finagle in Ballard's situation with being able to kind of, you know, finagle that cap that everybody talks about that's Mm -hmm. real. To your point, I'd have been on the phone yesterday if I was them, but it's a couple other teams as well I could make that same argument for. It does feel like Jim Irsay is going to have a big say in all of this, but you brought up a really interesting point that I'm wanting to follow up on later about the system. How much does that matter when it comes to taking Lamar? All right. Also happening, still no deal between the Packers and Jets to ship Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay to New York. The holdup continues to be compensation, but the Jets keep making moves to add and subtract pieces with the eventuality of Rodgers joining. Today at the NFL owners meeting, Robert Sala had to be careful with the tampering rules. He was talking through all of that, but let's start with a tweet from Kimberly Martin. He said, This is from GM uh, Joe Douglas. When asked about potential Lamar Jackson interest, Jets GM Joe Douglas said it would be, quote, disingenuous to go down that road because of their current plan to acquire Rodgers. Douglas stressed they would never negotiate, quote, in bad faith like that. So interesting to hear how Joe Douglas is making it very clear they're going after Aaron Rodgers, and that's the end of it. Adam, what more can you add to the Aaron Rodgers situation right now? Well, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are committed to one another. There's only one issue with that. The Green Bay Packers have not agreed to a trade, and the two sides are not close right now to agreeing to a trade that would send Rodgers to the Jets. Now, that can change just like that, Laura. These two sides can get together here at the combine. I happen to be walking in the hotel when Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekinds were walking essentially right in the same vicinity. So they could have one conversation and it could change things. But right now, both sides are extremely patient and both sides are not willing to give in. The Green Bay Packers are holding forth their demands of what they believe a franchise quarterback should be worth. And the Jets are saying we're the only team in the league that was willing to take on a 39-year-old quarterback with $110 million in guaranteed money. And neither side seems to be in a rush right now to make something happen. To me, the next inflection point would logically be the week of the draft when the picks that the Packers would be getting potentially would be in that draft. So, to me, that'll be the next time this sort of picks up. Adam, uh, I don't know. Just get some of these guys behind you with those tables back there and get them talking. Yeah, Yeah, as Dan said, get some pops going. (laughs) Daddy sodas and get some deals done. Shouldn't be that hard. Right? Come on. What are we we doing? We could do this deal in five minutes. Yeah. Get us on it. All right. More Adam Schefter coming as we continue on the Lamar Jackson story and so much more. But also coming up, Trey Lance hasn't had a real opportunity to start. But does that mean the 49ers should move on from him? Well, the 49ers GM said he leans Brock Purdy as the starter. RQB says there should be a battle. More on San Francisco is on the way right here on NFL Live. We'll be right back. 
Yeah, we on right now. Yeah, we up right now. Yeah, we on right now. Yeah, we up right now. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Don't miss it tonight. The Roughnecks and Defenders round out week six in the XFL. Tonight at seven on ESPN2. It's also available on ESPN+. Back to all the news of the NFL on NFL Live. Let's go with the Seahawks. They've already had quite a busy offseason. Gino, as you see right there, re-signed him to a three-year, $105 million deal after his breakout year in which he set franchise single-season records for pass yards and completion percentage. They focus heavily on the defensive side of the ball in free agency, signing five players, including ESPN's 10th overall free agent in Dremont Jones. And then one of the five additions is Bobby Wagner, who just signed a one-year deal with the team. Wagner returns to Seattle with the most first-team All-Pro selections in the franchise's history. In his lone season with the Rams, Wagner showcased that he was still one of the league's best linebackers, especially when it came to defending the run. He led the entire league in run stuffs, recording 22 tackles on rushing plays that resulted in no gain or a loss. That's something Seattle sorely needed as their defense ranked 30th last season in rush yards allowed. Marcus, you like this move for Seattle? I love the move, and I would have loved to hear Mina just wax poetic about Bobby Wagner being back in Seattle. But the, the thing is, Boogie, he got lost in a, a crazy season uh, for the Rams last year. Bobby Wagner had 140 combined tackles last year. Mm. He had six sacks, and I think, he had, I think he had two picks, I believe, last year. That's, all, that's Pro Bowl production for a linebacker that obviously Seattle let go, and there was a lot of things involved in that money contract. But to bring him back to the place that he he really built himself and made that team what we see him as today is a phenomenal story football-wise. But defensive uh, coordinator Clint Hurt now has his alpha dog back mm -hmm. in the middle of that defense and a guy that he knows he can change games and play a more physical style of football. And I love that for the Seattle Seahawks. And we know, we know that him being back helps alleviate some of that leadership that Geno and a lot of these veterans had to display for some of these younger players. Bobby Wagner being back in that locker room is going to settle and calm everybody when times get tough. Uh, by the way, Mina called this on Friday, so credit to her. Let's go to San she Francisco, did. okay? Brock oh, Purdy has everything. quite the debut uh, season coming into play in relief of an injured Trey Lance and Jimmy G. He was on a roll, right, until injuring his elbow, as you see right there in the NFC title game. And since he's had some surgery on that elbow, all signs point to a good recovery. Here's Niners GM John Lynch about the QBs. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played, that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions, but I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the, be the guy if we were to line up. 
he'd probably take that first snap. We like Trey, right? You know, on our team right now, we always joke, you know, Kyle and I, we trade each other if someone gave us a good enough deal. <laughs> um, so we listen to anything, but we, we like Trey on our team and we're very excited about the way he's progressing, about his opportunity. I think he's chomping at the bit to get out there and get back under center and be healthy again. Interesting, because he didn't have to choose one, but he kind of did. Dan, what do you make of the QB room right now in San Francisco? Well, totally right decision with in regards to Brock Purdy being the guy. Two, Trey Lance, you're on the clock. And mm. here's the reality. The, the NFL is about yeah. what, what have you done lately business. You're a talented player. By all accounts, a tremendous young man. You've thrown 416 passes in live games since 2016. You should be in that building every single day until training camp starts. There's no vacations. There's no time away. Here's the reality. Because of what John Lynch said today, you got to go take the job from Brock Purdy. You will not do that by taking it easy this offseason. You got to go prove yourself. It's time. Yeah, I mean, because of the redshirt year, the injury, Dan talked about Trey Lance's inexperience in college. We really don't know who he is as a quarterback. I object to anyone who thinks, you know, the Niners completely screwed this up because he's still an unknown. Right. Now is your opportunity to become a known in the building. I think this should be a true quarterback competition. Fine for them to say that Brock Purdy has a leg up based on the way he played last year. But if I'm San Francisco, I let Trey Lance compete for this job. Yeah. And if he doesn't win it, then you know, by the way. And yeah, maybe you don't get as much in a trade for him as you thought you would. Kind of have doubts about that anyways. But I think you want to see what you have in him once and for all. And the best way to do that is to have a legitimate quarterback competition that goes all mm -hmm. summer. Take it into the preseason. Mm -hmm. We've seen this before. I think it's worth it to figure out what you have in the kid. Totally agree, MK. And really, what Brock Purdy did last year could be the best thing that happened to Trey Lance. Because if he was just given this role indoor job after Jimmy Garoppolo potentially left for free agency, and we don't know Brock Purdy, maybe he doesn't work as hungry or as hard this offseason. But to MK's point and to what I said before, you have to go take this job now from Brock Purdy. We will have a really good idea by the first week of September what Trey Lance is when it comes to his potential as a quarterback in the NFL. If not, I can see him not being on the roster. Yeah, a reminder, uh, they gave up a lot to trade up to number three overall to make sure they could draft Trey Lance. And I agree, the jury's still out on exactly what he is, but the price was certainly steep sure. when you think about what it took to get him. We got more coming your way here on NFL Live, so keep it locked right here. We already hit on some locations, like the Colts, where Lamar Jackson could land. But next, we're going to go into some other possible places that you might not be thinking of. Find out why Dan says Tennessee should be one of the options. And we got Dan telestrating something a little different right Never now. Never fails. Uh, NFL head coaches at the owners meeting, Dable, sunglasses <laughs> on. Absolutely love it. I see McDermott here, and I think blue jacket with khakis. Definitely from Fairfield County, Connecticut. LaFleur, ah. your clothes are tighter than RG3. Who's trying to <laughs> shove out their chest more? Eberflus or Sean Payton? Definitely Who do we Payton. think, right? Sean Payton is there strong. How about this one? Uh, those two guys, neither of them in, in, in pants. They're both walking shorts, potentially George McCarthy. He no looks like, hey, man, I know I have to win the Super Bowl this year. We're just not going to. How about this dude right here? He's the only one, maybe Pete Carroll as well, not looking in the direction of everybody else. Mike McDaniel. What are they looking at? And he's, I don't know. Something McDaniel's probably looking at something highly intelligent, <laughs> significantly greater than I. I want to know who arranged all these guys together. Like, who, who has that job? Like, everyone sit in the line and put your hands on your knees. I can't get those over guys it. In the Sean, front row are. Sean Payton trying to show muscle. Him and Eva <laughs>
Sorry, Coach Carroll. Zoom in on Andy Reid. <laughs> We made a decision to go with Lamar Jackson five years ago, right? Why? Because we love him. We love him. We love the way he plays. We love his mindset, his charisma, his style, uh, the way he is in the locker room, everything about him. We love him. I love him personally. I love being the coach of the team that he's playing quarterback for. So that's what you do. You know, you build the team around your players, and, and that's what I'm excited to do. Well, seems like nothing but love from Ravens head coach John Arbaugh. He addressed the media right as Lamar Jackson's tweet came out saying he asked for a trade earlier this month on March 2nd. Now, listen, as we continue to talk through this, we talked about the Colts earlier being a destination that made a ton of sense for Lamar Jackson. Another spot we've heard a lot is Washington. I do want to point out that, Marcus, just moments ago, the GM for the Commanders, Martin Mayhew, came out saying they are building their team around Sam Howell, around Jacoby Brissett, who they signed at the quarterback spot. So, seems like they're not doing any due diligence when it comes to looking around this Lamar Jackson situation. Is that the right way to go if you're the Commanders? Uh, no, um, Tony Braxton has a song that came out that said love should have brought you home last night. All right. That's what I got from Jim Harbaugh. That's what the Ravens need to be trying to do one. is bring Lamar Jackson home. But on this Washington commanders thing, like, first of all, you, this is lying season. We all know that we all know that desperation mounts. As you start to realize you do not have quarterbacks that you can win with. This process could play out long. Like we've been looking, we, we're trying to find potential suitors and all of that. When it comes to the commanders, and I know what was said, I know what was said, but what was said may not be your reality when you look around at the rest of this team with the potential of getting Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson over Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'll leave it at that. Mina, what do you think? I agree. I don't understand why they wouldn't even try or, you know, express interest. Um, yeah. Not just because Lamar Jackson would obviously be an upgrade at quarterback, but because of the timeline of this team. Uh, Laura, recently I was looking at the rosters after free agency of various NFL teams, and Washington was one that jumped out to me when I looked at the depth chart as being so much stronger than I remembered, oh. both their defense, which – really turned things around and finished as one of the stronger units in the NFL last year. And then an offense that has a super talented young group of skilled players, decent offensive line. Now they've got Eric Bieniemy. You throw Lamar Jackson into the mix on that team. And we're not just talking about them potentially, you know, winning games and competing for the division. That is a suddenly a Super Bowl caliber roster, or at least a contender. So for them to not even consider it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I think there's nine teams that could realistically make Woo. the move, right? It's New England, Tennessee, Houston, Washington, Minnesota, Detroit, Seattle, Atlanta, and Indy. Those are the teams like that it. realistically have the chance. I look at Tennessee. So new general manager, Rand Carthon, comes over from San Francisco. They have Ryan Tannehill still under contract. And the part of this conversation that we are not hitting enough is Baltimore has to have an option to replace Lamar with either a player or a bevy of picks. Tennessee is the 11th pick in the draft. So does Tennessee sit there and go, still a decent roster. There's some holes. Mike Vrabel, who we just beat Mike Vrabel's team. If you're Baltimore, Lamar just beat you in the playoffs with a very good performance. 
two years ago, do you sit there and go, we'll send Ryan Tannehill in the 11th pick and maybe a second rounder, another first rounder of next year, and rebuild this new general manager regime under Rand Carthon with Lamar Jackson as your starting quarterback in Tennessee, who's trying to get a new stadium? There you go. Uh, let's have a little fun here, guys. Fun, but realistic landing spots for Lamar. Mina, who would be an interesting trade partner for Baltimore? Okay, I don't think they're going to do it because they seem to be very in love with Jared Goff, and, and I know they'd like to use their draft picks totally. to continue working on that defense. But if the Detroit Lions, who we all love, we love everything that they've done, we love their roster, acquired Lamar Jackson, I think a lot of us would be tempted to pick them to come out of the mm. NFC. This is a team that already we expect to win the division, but this to me would just put them over the edge Pairing of him with that offensive line, those skill players, Ben Johnson, would just be outrageous. So I would love to see it, even if I don't think it'll happen. All right, Marcus, give us a team. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm going to focus on the more fun part uh, that you said, Buggy. What about the Cardinals? What about <laughs> sending Kyler Murray in a pick and getting Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson, like right? That. Similar. <laughs> uh, the Ravens wouldn't have to change much. Maybe you involve the passing game. Tom Munkin comes in. He can build and formulate a new relationship with Kyler Murray. We know what the contract uh, language was when Kyler Murray was re-signed. We know what they had to go through. By the way, a Philadelphia Eagles assistant was hired as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals who just came from an offense with an athletic dual-threat quarterback. What about that? And you would get a guy back that you wouldn't have to change much if you're the Baltimore Ravens since the one you have doesn't seem to be suitable enough to pay him the amount of money he's asking for. Hey, coach, I love you. Baltimore would lose their mind if the Ravens did that. They would lose if it was oh, just a straight-up trade with yeah. Tyler. Lose their mind. I, 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 get the, I like your premise, though. If you're Arizona, you're like, hey, what are man, the chances? let the man have some fun. Uh, What's I, your team? I still think Tennessee. I still think yeah. Tennessee. Because there, there's this group. I'll go back to it. Baltimore needs a replacement. And to Mina's point, Detroit, it's like, does Baltimore want Jared Goff? To my point, does Baltimore want Ryan Tannehill? You can make the case for Minnesota. Do they want a Kirk Cousins? Do they sit there and go, well, with the extra picks and or that player, we can become the team that we still believe we could be with Lamar Jackson? Or do they sit there and go, uh, we want the draft picks? Because then if it's the draft picks, hmm. it's Houston. Houston's yeah. the best case scenario yeah. for Baltimore because they pick second yeah. in this year's draft. Or do they love a Mac Jones that, that's where Ooh. all the, the, the reciprocating aspect for Baltimore. Uh, just really quickly, let me rain on some parades here. Under a million dollars in cap space for Washington. So, woo, $5 million in cap space for Tennessee. Detroit has $23 million, though, so pay attention Detroit to that. When it comes to the realistic possibilities here, time for one more thing. Let's talk about this team and Lamar. Ben Bolin of the Boston Globe tweeted out, Robert Kraft said Meek Mill texted him three to four days ago that Lamar Jackson wants to be a Patriot. And Kraft said, that's Bill's decision. Wait, Just if you don't know, Robert Kraft and Meek Mill, very, very close friends. Mina. My first thought is Lamar Jackson has shredded the Patriots. That stuff matters, guys. I, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I know they're invested in Mac Jones to some degree, but Bill Belichick, I, I can guarantee you, has not enjoyed playing defense against Lamar Jackson. Did you have if New he, England? If he go get Lamar, I'll take everything I said back. <laughs> <laughs> You have Brown. Then, if the real, realistic aspect becomes, does Lamar, do, does Baltimore have high thoughts about Mac Jones? If so, then there's a conversation okay. to be had. Uh, either way, it's hard to argue that Lamar is not an upgrade. We'll we see just you tomorrow set the in NFL Live. We're all on fire. Ah!
Bye, y'all. <laughs>